Hey, nerds, open up your ears and get ready to listen to the Hurley Edition. Yes, yes, the rumors are true. That voice you're hearing is mine, Michael Hurley, host of this special podcast called the Hurley Edition. It's really happening, two in a week. Who'd have thought? I told you I'd figure this out as we go along, and you know, this is part of it. See what two in a week does, huh? If, if, if you haven't listened to the Randy Scott one, then you have to mm, listen to that after that. You can go out of sequence. It's okay. It's not like a serial program. Anyways, this ought to be a very controversial podcast here because I'm welcoming, welcoming in a man who, he's had me on his radio program several times, and whenever I tweet it out and say, uh, I'm joining Adam Jones tonight, there's always a half dozen or so people that just say, I will never listen to Adam. I will, I will literally stick firecrackers in my ears and jump off a roof before I listen to anyone on Adam Jones. And, and I say, whoa, partner, that is heavy stuff. But, you know, sports and Adam Jones can be a volatile mix. So I wanted to talk to the man behind the microphone every night at the Sports Hub, the man known as the Dark Knight, the, the sports vulture, the, the man who can find a negative in any positive Adam Jones. So here you go. Adam Jones, host of the properly named Adam Jones Show on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, Adam Jones, my most controversial guest yet. Is it? My most controversial. I'll say this. Whenever I say, oh, I'm going on Adam Jones tonight, there will always be a few knuckleheads. <laughs> That, that give me, you know, theoreticals of what they'd rather do than listen to Adam Jones dump on their favorite sports teams. You don't get that with every other show you go on. It's the, well, Felger, yes. Yep. Touch and Rich, no. Yep. People, people seem to no. like them. Yeah. It's, yeah, people it's, like as you get later in the day, the <laughs> hatred just boils. Is that, maybe. What, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that must be what it is. So yeah. very controversial. I appreciate you coming in. Of course. I hope people actually listen, even though they, they, they might get mad at me for talking to you. It's debatable. But... I mean, let's start. Let's start there. The the old the Dark Knight moniker given to you by none other than Mr. Felger. Yep. Would you say you are properly cast, or perhaps perhaps a, a misunderstood man at the sports hub? Well, I mean, I don't want to say I'm misunderstood. Like, I mean, I <laughs> I get it. I I get where it comes from. I think it's somewhat clever, just because I at least work at night, so I think it it ties in nicely there. But I I don't know. Isn't the Dark Knight kind of He's kind of a superhero. He's a hero. Right? He's so a hero. I think that, I would argue that in that way I'm miscast. Because I, I can't really imagine myself as much of a hero when it comes to these sports takes. And I feel like that. Debatable. That's probably one that most people bristle. Like, I felt like I made out very well with that nickname, quite frankly. Yeah, it works. It yeah. fits. It's stuck. Yeah. I just mean, I could do worse. You yeah. know, I think I have done worse. So I think, like, that that one to me, I feel like I made out okay. I was never complaining about that one. Not the hero that Boston wants, but the hero that Boston needs. <laughs> right. That's what, how it works. It's what you guys, it's what you need. Yes. Right. Uh, you don't know it, but you need it. That's heroic. Yeah. Now, all right, that should clear things up. <laughs> that should make everything better. But um, I, I actually mentioned this with Murray, and maybe you've noticed it too. The reason. That Felger gets so excited to to you know call you the most negative man in town is because it shifts the focus from his own negativity. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. If anyone around him says anything even remotely negative, you can see his eyes light up and his 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 hand his hairs on his arms start raising, and he's like, oh, he's being negative. No, so it's it's brilliant, and it's it's something that he's done for a long time. I didn't realize you've picked up on this too, but this oh, is it's and it's clear it's, as day. It's it's brilliant. Anytime anybody else has something a little negative to kind of center himself. Or, or you know, make him seem a little more reasonable. Oh well, you're the negative one, or you're you're the one with all the ridiculous opinions. That that kind of brings him, at least in his mind, back to the center. So no, right. he's he's good at highlighting other people's negativity to make him seem reasonable and. I don't know, uh, with two feet on the ground while the other person's the one leaping up and crazy. Right. He'll do four hours dumping on whatever, and then you'll <laughs> sit down and he'll be like, all right, what's Jones going to do? <laughs> oh, no, what's Jones have tonight? What, what sort of brand of negativity does he have tonight? Yeah, and I, I, I noticed it with Maz and Murray. Like, he'll, he'll be like, Maz, what was that, what was that you said earlier yeah. about, about Dombrowski? What was that you said earlier about, about <laughs> Belichick? Uh, J- Murray, what did you say about the Celtics Yeah, he's not, he's not asking for their positive takes. No, no, no. And no, then it, he'll be like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That, that's crazy. Boy, that's out there. <laughs> Yeah. Boy, oh boy, where, where this guy, this guy over here is negative. Where'd you come up with that? So what would, I mean, I listen to your show. Um, yeah. It's not necessarily negative, though. Yeah. That's what I, I feel like. Interesting. But I feel like you have a challenge being the night guy where 
the sports from the previous night has been chatted about for 12 hours before you even get in. Well, so I, I agree with that. So I, I think we have we have one thing that really works in our favor at night where we're on after games. So legitimately, we're the first people who can react to, you know, I mean, 15 minutes after a game, we can react to Bruins, Celtics, even Red Sox, even though they're on our competitor. I mean, we, we can... We can weigh in on those games before anybody else. Well, you can weigh in during Red Sox well, that's, games. That's a good point too. That that's always a you know an inside radio slippery mm. slope. Like, do you want to do you want to bring people over to the game? Boy, there's a great game over on EEI. Right. We don't want to do that. But so if you, something happened and there's sort of an end point yeah. to it, if yeah, someone yeah. got hurt, yeah. Or, if there's if there's something controversial or whatever going on, then then I don't shy away from weighing in on it. But I don't want to bring people to a great game elsewhere and mm. take them away from us, right? Boy, oh boy, you're really missing out. Make sure you go to EEI. Plus, there's a market weighing there where people that are really into the Red Sox are probably listen- or listening or watching that. Correct, correct. I or, mean, if you're. But if, they could be listening to you while watching that. Nah, if you're a baseball fan, you're probably listening to the Red Sox. I mean, I, I agree with that. So, on the one hand, I think we have a great opportunity to, to really get in and weigh in on, on games first. But that other challenge that you brought up is, is true. I mean, we're, we're trying to find. You know, I don't want to say create an angle, but we're trying to find a, a space where this topic hasn't been talked to death over 12 hours. And, you know, with the Patriots especially, we're never on after a Patriots game. If it's Even if it's a weeknight game, you know, there's the normal pre and post. So especially football, we're on just so far after the fact that, you know, we're trying to, trying to come up with something that maybe has been under-discussed or, you know, I feel like is a different way to look at the game or – uh, a play or a player or whatever that that hasn't been discussed. I, I wouldn't say I do that great all the time, but that's usually the goal. Like we're trying to come up with something different. Yeah, I mean, I've I felt that even filling in at two, two seems late. Yeah. So yeah. you add the extra four hours and that you know drive time. You know you're going in. You can't be talking about that one decision that everyone talked about all day. Right. I mean, unless it's like a, a pooch <laughs> kick from Nate no, Ebner. I mean, there are there are <laughs> right, which we're still talking about a year later. I a there are years. there are and a Super Bowl later. Yeah, no, it's true. Longer than a year. I, I mean, there are plays where you know it's warranted, and there there's no way we're gonna do five unique hours of stuff that hasn't right. been talked about. I mean, that's impossible. But I would say a lot of times I I try to make at least our lead like where we're starting. And really, even that first hour, and this time of year, sometimes we only have an hour before the Celtics, for instance, uh, tonight. Right. Um, you know, I, I try to make that different, if I can. Um, and if there's something that's so controversial, we're not going to fight it. We'll we'll ride the wave just like anybody else. But that's really the goal. And at some point, there's going to be there has to be redundancy over the course of a day. But we, right. we try to we try to stay away from that. So, but it seems like something, even if your program doesn't necessarily reflect the the picture. F- Felger paints your uh, your Twitter persona of it seems to really indulge in the 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 vultureness. Yeah, the, the sports vultureness. Well, uh, tw- Twitter is a good spot to kind of work, especially during the Patriots. That's a good spot to kind material. of work. Yeah, workshop a little material. Yeah. You know, eh, let's throw this one out, see what people do with. Test it. the waters. How much of the response would you say comes from people who get it versus people who are just angry? Well, so I think this is where at you. Yeah, no, no, so I think Not this, angry in general. Yeah, this is where um, the vulture thing in a weird way, uh, shout out to Mike and Woburn, the vulture thing in a weird way has has helped a little bit, I think, in that regard. Mm-hmm. And I don't refer to myself as Dark Knight or Vulture or anything, but I don't, I don't fight them. If people if people like them, that's fine. And right. I certainly I certainly play up if people are tweeting memes or GIFs or whatever that I think are funny, but... I think with the vulture that people kind of get it a little more than they ever had in the past. Like now they're like, "Oh, okay." It's taken a lot a while though. <laughs> it's taken some time. They're like, "Oh, he's being sarcastic. He's being overly sarcastic or he's cracking a joke here or there. Or maybe he's just being an a-hole." Like I like whatever, but I feel like people people have started to get it a little more. I'd still say it's probably like 60-40 people are enraged. Yeah. Yeah, people but, tend to be mad on Twitter. That yeah. seems to be the general status for maybe many. Like, maybe like maybe like forty percent get it. Okay, that's growing though. Uh, probably it's probably not even that high, but I'll, I'll give I'll give people credit. <laughs> yeah, maybe like at, maybe like forty percent. That's kind of an optimistic viewpoint. Yeah, hey, Jones, that's optimistic. It's glass half full. It is. I'm the opposite of Felger over here. <laughs> um, can we go back a bit to see sure. how you got here? Because yeah, totally. Uh, you've you went to Northeastern. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got suckered into going to an extra year of college. I did. Like, way to start yep. your life. Very, uh, that should tell you a lot about me. I got, I got, 
<laughs> I bought that one hook, line, and sinker. You come on and get it, but you actually did get a job out of college, so you actually are living proof that it's worth it to pay an extra forty grand or whatever it might have been. Yeah, I would. I would make the case for co-op. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I my first co-op was not really in the industry. It was in sports information at Northeastern. So like. It was on the stat side, like mm-hmm. on the on the getting the media prepared side, which I think was interesting from the standpoint of, okay, media relations, like kind of understanding that side of the coin and also understanding that it was 100% not what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of busy work, yeah. a lot of late nights, you're at games. I mean, you're at a lot of Northeastern games, which was not great. Right. So. There's a, there's a certain point where you're compiling the stats for like the the women's basketball team Correct. or something, and you're just yeah. like, I, I'm waking up hungover on a Saturday, going to to do Northeastern Crew, and I'm not exactly amped about it, right? So how are the stats kept in that? That's I think it's just you win, okay, or you, you don't. Place, yeah, yeah I, I think it's one of those. I got, you don't I count gotta, the individual rows. <laughs> I, gotta be, I gotta be honest, that was not some of my best work. <laughs> Northeastern Crew, you could probably go back and seek it out. Uh, but yeah, so I I didn't want to do that. And so I, I was pretty involved with the student radio station at Northeastern, and then I figured, all right, well, let's let's start working at a station. And 890 was, you know, the one that um, had some openings. It was just a street team gig. I mean, it was just, you know, legitimately go out, hand out keychains at a bar. This was around like 2008-ish? No, seven? So, I, so I was still in school, so this would have been, oh, like six-ish, call it? Oh, okay. I forget, Something I forget like when that. that- that sh- that station was like three years, right? Oh, it was, yeah, it was a it was a phoenix. It, it flew a little too <laughs> it flew a little too close to the sun, um, but yeah, it, it did not have a long shelf life. So may, I might have my timeline a little wrong, but I'd say it was like 06, okay, maybe oh seven. Um, and I did two I did two co ops there, and basically my second one I was working full time, so I was doing street team stuff. Um, but they knew I had a background with some of the play by play stuff I did at Northeastern, so they kind of got me. Uh, doing like on-site production, setting up the equipment for live broadcasts, connecting mm-hmm. to the station. Like half of them got on the air, which was a good success That's right there. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, so like half of them made it, the other half didn't. I mean, it was only like a twenty-mile signal. Yeah. So if it didn't get up, yeah, you know, Felger could drive back to the station and like do his show. Right. He, t- at he told me he had like a backpack. He could do his show from anywhere. So I, I questioned the technical aspects it, of that. It was not. It was not uh, very high-tech stuff. Yeah. And I admittedly, you know, was like learning as I go. Like I didn't know a lot of that crap. But I, but you know, you kind of, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I do this all the time at Northeastern, and then you kind of figure it out. Hit enough buttons. Yeah. And when it doesn't work, you just blame the phone line. Yeah. Or whatever line it was, ISDN line or whatever. So, uh, yeah. But I, I started setting up for Felger shows and weekend shows. We had all these shows that were at the Cascom Flagon, and so I started doing that. I started doing some on-air stuff. I didn't really do a lot of hosting till I got here the the first time in ninety eight five. Um, you were you, sort of part of the crew on Felger show, right? I remember him talking to you a well, lot. Well, kind of. You don't forget some of him calling like some college kid Pac Man. <laughs> so ki- kind of like I was I was uh, I ended up doing updates in the morning uh, eventually, and I did a lot of you know it's called reporting, but I didn't do any reporting. I went and shoved microphones in people's faces and got audio. That's or, reporting. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess I was I was certainly not doing any reporting. I was literally going and eating free meals at Fenway Park and then just jamming microphones in people's faces. Um, but I was I was like kind of on that show um, before I started doing the the morning update stuff, and okay. then and then it was and it was whatever they needed. It could be dumb research. It could be hey, cut up this audio for a bit. Hey, you know, we you, I produced a lot of their opens eventually. Like that was something that I started doing there. Um, so yeah, I would say for a time I worked on that show. If it meant if it meant dumb stuff for Felger, like putting quarters in his meter, I would do that. <laughs> on site setting up, I would do. So yeah, it was. I mean, that place was so tiny and so in over its head that it was like a lot of people wore a lot of hats, and so it was. It was one of those sort of. Things. Was it in the Schraff's building? It was in the Schraff Center. Yeah, correct. Interesting. What yeah. was what was Felger like then? Because um, this is you know going back more than ten years. I he was, would I would make the case he's very similar. Yeah. You know, um, he was still on the ascent then. He was still, you know, yeah, he was probably a lot busier. You know, uh, I mean, not to not to downplay how busy he is now, but like, <laughs> so do not do that. Um, Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, he's got it easy now. No, yeah. but I mean, but he was he was like right. I I can remember him in breaks like writing columns. You know, yeah, like he's yeah, yeah. he's like writing for the he's like going to Patriots practice. He's showing up and doing stuff for his show. He's writing during the show. I don't think he was. I don't think he was doing. He couldn't have been doing TV full time then, but he was definitely doing stuff was. at yeah. Fox Sports or yeah. whatever it was then. 
So, like, he'd be doing some TV stuff. He'd be writing. He'd be running down to Foxborough. And, like, you know, so he he was busy. But I yeah. think I think personality-wise, he was I think he was pretty similar, quite frankly. Interesting. Yeah. He has he hasn't been a he hasn't been broken down by this industry quite yet, or maybe he was a long time ago, and it's just that's uh, he's like impervious to it. I think he yeah. operates sort of parallel to whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it can't affect him. Though maybe this past week has affected him <laughs> a little bit. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe, not the best time. Maybe, to make that. maybe it started to break him down a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah. Even then, you don't know. So after that, you did that for. Did you stay until the station disappeared? No, so or I, did the I, hub started. So up? I came here. I remember. You know, I was doing morning updates during Mike and Mike. So I I had like three updates an hour. So you had to listen to Mike and Mike every day. I had to listen to Mike and Mike every single day. That was zany. I bet it was a lot of craziness. <laughs> a lot of one time Greeny milked a cow. Oh, that, that was, is classic. And that was funny. <laughs> um. Uh, they used to call Golik fat a lot. That was that was always a good. It's singer. a good gag. Yep, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. always go back to that one because he is. Yeah, you know, big, I mean, big guy. He's he's trimmed down a little bit over the years, but yeah. So Looks I, good I would now. I would I would sit there during that show, um, but no, I I think I think the original story for this place starting mm-hmm. was in like the Phoenix, if I remember right, and you know we'd get all the papers and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, or maybe I didn't read it in the paper. Maybe I read it online. I don't, I don't quite remember how I saw that. I saw the story, but they're like. New station starting. And I'm like, cool. All right. Well, that means this place is going to die, right? There's mm-hmm. a new real real challenger to EEI. On an FM dial. Yeah. And I, I don't even think that even registered oh. with me. I think I was just like, okay, CBS backing. They're bringing Felger in. They're bringing Tangway in, which seemed like a big name at the time. And, there is a big name. Well, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I know. In radio, I guess. And I looked at it and I said, okay, well, you know, this is a place I got to get a foot in the door. Um, one, because I wanted to work there, and two, because 890 was going to go, I mean, it was pretty much already belly up, uh, but it was going to very clearly go belly up. Even though I vividly remember the day that story came out, they're like, station meeting, station meeting, everyone come in here. And we're in like the sales office, and they're like, nothing's changing, there's room for three, which I think is accurate, there is room for a third station, but not run by the the brain trust there. And, and maybe one that has a signal. Yeah, that, that would help. And, um... Yeah, they were like, nothing's changing. And like a month later, they were just off the air. And, you know, were whatever that frequency changed to. Have you ever listened to AM radio since the switch? Like, I, I listened to a, a baseball game on 850. I was just going to say the same thing, yeah. And it was like, I can't hear it. Like, you go into Bridges, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like, dude, this was every day. Dude, and I, I used to think 850 had, like, a great signal. Yeah. I used to be like, man, 890 signal sucks so bad. Imagine <laughs> if we had 850 signal. I what think we I could do with that? I listened to a World Series game, and I was like, this is stupid. This past World Series? I think so. Or the one before, I don't so know. I, I, I was listening to 850 driving home when... uh. Who was it? Raji Davis hit the the home run in the World Series. I was like leaving work. And oh, I was yeah, like yeah, going yeah. nuts in my car, and I was listening. <laughs> I was listening on eight fifty. I hope you didn't hit any bridges. No, I because it's like I, I you can't not. hear it, and that's was that was talk radio for yeah. until two thousand nine. Yeah. So so no. So when I when I found out this place was starting, I actually talked to Mike because I, I I knew Mike. Um, Felger. Felger. Okay. Yes. Yeah. A lot of Mikes. No. Sorry, Mike Felger, not Mike Hurley, not Mike Thomas. And I'm like, uh, you know, hey, like. I would just like to know who to talk to. Like you don't, yeah, need, to, you yeah, don't yeah. need to put in a good word. You don't need to do anything. But like I would just like to know who to talk to. And I don't know if you put in a good word or not. But like I, I, I started talking to Mike Thomas, um, and they were they were like, hey, you know, we have some ideas of what you could do. Seems like you wear a lot of hats. That's the perfect kind of person we want to bring in here. Like some updates, which I mostly did at eight ninety. Mm-hmm. Some some reporting, uh, maybe even some hosting. And I'm like, cool. I'm like that. That'd be great. Um, and then I got in here and like a couple of months after doing updates and going to some Red Sox games and some Patriots or whatever and getting audio, I was doing the Shaughnessy show. So that was Saturday's afternoons. Yep. Yeah. Like I think it fluctuated. I think it moved around, but it was like 11 to two or By like doing the Shaughnessy show. You mean like doing the Shaughnessy <laughs> show? Well, I remember, I still remember this is a good example of the, the Dan Shaughnessy show. And Dan's great. Like Dan, honestly, like I'm sure people are not huge Dan Shaughnessy fans. Like he's very, he's very easy to work with in some ways in that he's very, he's like very easy to to play off. He'll be like, whatever you want to do. Let's just let's talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes he'd come in and be like real locked in on something. Mm-hmm. But he's like super easy to work with in that regard. Um, especially when he's working with like a dumb 26-year-old kid and he's Dan Shaughnessy. Right. Um, but our first show was the day of the Ted Kennedy funeral. It was our first show on a Saturday. And I'm like, all right, like, I, you know, I don't really know Dan all that well. Traffic is a mess. Like, I live right up the street from there, actually, from from Mission Church. And so I'm, like, coming in. I'm coming to the station. I'm, like, kind of nervous that I've been, like, running late. 
and that's probably like an hour before the show on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. Dan rolls in like ten minutes before. He's like, "Hey, we got, hey, uh, we got to, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about Kennedy. We got." And I'm like, Ken-, "I'm like, I'm not ready for this. I'm, not- <laughs> I was ready to talk about like John Lackey or something, you know." And uh, so yeah, he just he'll kind of he'll kind of come in and he's like, "All right, well, yeah, uh, run how you want to run it." But he wanted to talk Kennedy, and we ended up talking like a bunch of Ted Kennedy that I was not you know, prepared to talk about or qualified to talk about. But open up the phone lines. Yeah, open up the phone lines. And yeah, so I think Dan, I mean, that was, I mean, that was a, that was my consistent gig host, like my first consistent gig hosting ever. Okay. And, it, and he was, he was easy to work with. And you did, I remember you on the Felger and Maz show. Yeah. I, Were I, you like part-time there or just filling in for Beta? Like, it's hard to remember. I told this to Marty. Like, I, I, it's hard to remember the first time Are through. you talking about like when the station first started? Yeah. Were you ever the third guy in Felger and Mazur? Was yeah. it Beatle from day one? No, or? no, 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 no. So, been wondering so what it was, the hours were weird because Wallach does that extra hour. So I think... Yeah, because Hardy told me it was like... The shifts were weird. It was like you'd get like three hours of Zoe and Beat or... Uh, Sorry, of Tangway and Zoe. Right. And then you'd get like another two hours of Felger and Maz. Then they'd change mid-show. Then that shift would go like halfway into DA. Like they were like these weird yeah. shifts. So I did I did both. I did a lot of Tangway and Zoe and I did probably less Felger and Maz, but I, I did a decent amount of Felger and Maz okay. to start. And it'd be like, you know, two days a week. It wasn't, yeah. no, I, I mean, I think other people work more than I did, but I don't think anyone really was set anyone was like 100%, especially the first like couple months, then it settled in for sure with Bertrand moving to yeah to Felger and Mads. I don't know how long that took, though, yeah, to be honest. It's, it's, even Hardy kind of doesn't remember. But, yeah. um, but I remember distinctly, I was driving on Montville Avenue, Woburn, when yeah. Felger was talking to you, and it was your last day. And he said... At 98.5? Uh, yeah. Oh, interesting. And he said, Jones is leaving. Pac-Man's going to internet radio. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a really great idea. <laughs> and you know what? Tech-wise, he's usually wrong. Mm-hmm. He's usually swinging in a miss there, but would you say he was right there? Well, so I... I it was would, probably a great opportunity. No, well, this is, well, this is what I was going to say. I would always make a case for anyone listening that's interested that like reps are the most important thing. Right, like, right, right, right. The most important thing. So that's why 890 was great. Like I could go screw up an update as bad as you would ever screw up an update and be like, oh, my Nana heard that. Like no one else heard that. Like, you know, no one else cares or heard it. And like it's a way to kind of be professional, but you're also away from criticism and it's okay to make mistakes. And, you know, a place like 98.5 is just not not tremendous for that. You know, it's high profile. You're making mistakes and and you don't want to end up in the Boston Globe. Yeah, sure. So. So yeah, I went and I did the ESPN Boston thing, and I think I think it was a great opportunity in terms of a window into ESPN. Like I, I pretty quickly was doing, you know, not any high profile stuff, but like overnight stuff in Bristol. Like it was a good opportunity to get in and start doing some national hosting. Um, and the reps were great, and it was just a two hour internet only show. We had like no breaks. I mean, we had like I think we had like two or three. I think it was like two three minute breaks an hour. So they were like long long Jeez. segments we had a sponsor i don't want to name them but we had a sponsor that their big thing was like two days a week it was commercial free so we would do like straight we only had updates that's not good don't they realize we that? had we had so we did mention them you know a bunch during the you know just random spell like, hey this hour is brought to you by so and so it's commercial free and like our, my only break would be like an update and that was it from from the producer who also did updates. That's not a good sponsorship no. because that's not great content. So, like, was the show great? No. The show was not great. And, you know, I think every once and then, because ESPN is such a massive platform, if you get a worthwhile guest, our stuff would get picked up here and there. Sure. You know, we had an interview with Jonathan Kraft that got some play on, like, NFL, NFL Network and SportsCenter and stuff. Um, you know, just his answers. Right. So, like, Schilling was our weekly guest when he decided to actually call in. So... Like, was this like 2010-ish? Uh, 11? Yeah, no, that sounds right. Like 10 and 11, somewhere yeah. in there. Because I think I was... Yeah, I think I was back here in... 12? 12, yeah, I think. Yeah. What year was the Ravens AFC Championship game where they came in and just smashed the Pats? 12. That was 12. So they that went was to the like, Super Bowl in 11, the Patriots did. Correct. So I that, I was... hundred. Yeah, so I was there for like probably 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. Maybe like the 11 football season and then a big chunk of 12. I forget. I was, I was there The Red for, Sox collapse. Yeah, I was yeah. So all of that. So I, I was there for all of that. Um, but yeah, it was just you know it was it was this this platform that 
if something kind of started to pick up steam, it would it would work out. But for the most part, no. I mean, it wasn't a great show. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't mean to say yeah there. No, but <laughs> I no, just. But, but you know what I mean? Like it was, I, but it was a good place to kind of work out kinks right. and like. I learned how to structure a show, and I learned how to do it every day, and like evolve. It's it's different to host a show once a week. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you you know you can come in for three hours and talk about seven days worth of stuff. Like it's hard to over the course of a week, especially in the middle of the summer, to kind of structure a show and have your your ideas evolve. And so it was important for that. I right, think it's, right, it's right. important to work at five days a week. I didn't mean to dump on your show. I no, just, it's, I, it's worth dumping on the no, show. No, no. The show was not. The show was not well done. I have no re- memories of the show. I'm sure I listened. And there were legitimately, uh, if you ever hear him now, Russ and Walpole. You ever hear Russ and Walpole yeah. call in? Yeah. Russ and Walpole was. He would call us every day. Loved the show. Loved the show. He was like our only caller every day. It's good. He'd like wait on. He'd like wait on hold for like a good twenty minutes. He'd call him right at noon. Great guy. He came. He came in and wa- he came in. He was such a good loyal listener that he like came in and observed the show one time. And anytime he calls in, I'm so Russ, where you been, man? And he just he doesn't love the takes. So Ru- no. I think Ru- Russ has soured a little You've bit. You've gone on. to the dark side to he's, Russ. He's soured on me a little bit, but I I still love Russ and Walpole. He was like he was our most loyal like number one listener. Someday you'll be up on that top of that building, shadowy with your cape <laughs> flapping, and Russ will see you and understand. <laughs> and he'll get it. Yeah, and it'll it'll, it'll just, dawn on him that ah, I see now. Yeah. You don't live for the no. for the. But I bring it up because. It, it seems like, you know, you even said it yourself, there is room for three stations. Like, there's room for more sports talk, but that that didn't really, like, take off, right? I mean, ESPN, no. were you the only show on, yes. on so, ESPN Boston Internet Radio? Yeah, so what— That's probably why. So how was— <laughs> No, no, I don't, you need you need a day's worth of yeah, programming. Well, not, so what, no, I'm, like, accidentally just ripping you apart, but that's not what I'm intending no, to do. it's fine. So there were—I th- I think there were grander plans if it took off. And you know, maybe if they just made a better choice, it might have taken off. But no, come on. but I but there were a few things, and this is like classic host blaming the 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 circumstance. Yeah, or the the vision, right? Like uh. some the way some things were presented, like and I think I think Patriots.com has started to do this, if I'm not mistaken, with the show that Jim does with with Perillo and yeah. Hart. They have like a video aspect to it. Oh, okay. There was supposed to be a video aspect to our show, and it was supposed to you know, kind of be featured in some way, shape, or form while it was live on ESPN Boston. And neither of those two things happened. The video thing, I think, was sponsor-related, which isn't a great sign. And then, <laughs> yeah, I just, I would always be like, man, it'd be nice if people, like, knew we were live. The you tech know? might not have been ready yet either at that point. Yeah, the, maybe. The tech might have been right on the edge yeah, of ma- making that easy as opposed to, like, a big challenge. I don't pretend to know a lot about it. And yeah. again, I'm sure I'm, it's like, you know, the the poor carpenter who blames his tools sort of thing. But, like, yeah, I... Gotta blame someone. But those those are things that I, I think those aspects might have helped. I, I'm not saying we'd still be doing the show seven years later or whatever it'd be. It'd right. be the next big cutting edge thing, but I think those things would have helped. Someone on Twitter pointed out a typo in my story today, and I asked him what I could blame besides myself. Yep. So it's just you know, what was blame. the typo? Was it a there, there, there? I misspelled Dontari Poe, uh, which is weird because I Googled it before I wrote <laughs> it to make sure he threw the jump pass, and yet I wrote like I just it was like a finger flub. It was like Dontari. So I I had a tweet about. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt when Mike Gillisley had his three touchdown night to start mm. the year. <laughs> oh, I remember that. And I'm like, LeGarrette Blunt. And, you know, I had some smarmy gif to like make fun of the LeGarrette Blunt people. Spelled LeGarrette Blunt wrong. Spelled, oh, Le- spelled LeGarrette wrong. Realized I had probably been spelling it wrong in our emails for like years. Yeah. You put LA, didn't you? Instead of LE. I think I like, I was like way off. I think yeah. I had like either too many R's or not enough T's. It was a mess. And it got pointed out to me. And I was like, well, this really undercut. My, yeah. my smarmy, clever little make fun of the Laguerre Blunt people. Just adds to the charm. Though. Yep. Yeah, it does. I'm, we're all we're all human, Mike. <laughs> uh, I've made a typo before. It's true. <laughs> um, so obviously, though, the show put you in position that when DA left, you were in position to get the night show. You obviously had a, a step in the door already, and people liked you. Um, eh. Well, some people did. Yeah. It probably helped, I would think. Um, so when you got that job, because you probably grew up... Where did you grow up? Vermont. So you didn't grow up... In Boston radio market, then? Well, no, not Did really. You? No. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've, again, I've been here in Boston since 03, you know, just in school. I have plenty of family in the area. Okay. Um, you know, my grandparents are in Weymouth, so like... It's a long way of me asking how much Teddy Sarandis did you listen to. <laughs> okay, well, I was going to say, so I, I've, I've listened to a lot of EEI when we were down 
you know, and this is way back in the day when we'd be down visiting my grandparents or whatever, because I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Right. Like, I'm like... 24-hour sports time. Yeah, I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is... It's so great. To, and I, this was not even me thinking about it as, like, a career. This is just me as a kid being like, I would love to have an option like this in Vermont. Right. Instead of, you know, like, easy listening stations. A lot of Grateful Dead, I'm sure. Yeah, not as much as you would think. Really? Yeah, eh, not as much as just you would think. only, like, three stations? No, 92 Moo was the, was the station in town. Okay. Uh, right in, where in Vermont? Right in Derby, Vermont. I, I lived in uh, North Troy and Newport, Vermont. I don't know where that is. Yeah, you you shouldn't. If you ski, if anyone out there skis, uh, and you know Jay Peak, okay. very, very close to Jay Peak. Like where geographically? North, like dead west. center, dead center of the state, all the way up on the Canadian border. Okay. So like like North Troy has like a border crossing in its town. Okay. So you're up there. Yes. Um, I didn't so know yeah, that. I just yeah. assumed you were from here. No, 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 no. You've, so okay. What you've got a Bostonness about you? Yeah. Yeah. The, not, the, not the vultury, much, dark nighty thing. I I, maybe maybe I've picked that up over the years. I don't more know. More Boston than Vermont. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not as laid back as as a lot of uh, Vermonters are. Not a lot of, uh, like, toeless sandals. Type. No, 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 no. I mean, I do like to wear a nice sandal. Yeah, I mean, I like a nice, I like a nice flip-flop. I apologize to Vermont for being, you <laughs> know, stereotypical. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not, like many a, times. I'm not like a Birkenstock guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. And you so, shave, so yeah. Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes. I can't. I'm being I could, mean to Vermont. I'm being if, mean to. If Mike. I could grow a beard like you, Mike, well, if, I, if I could grow an excellent beard like you, I would have one. I just get it. It comes in all splotchy. I can't really do much about it. It's it's a curse. So it, I, a gift and a curse. So I would come down though, and I would I would hear EI, Sarandis, Big Show, mm-hmm. even like we, like I still remember. I can't believe there's still a show, and this is not a shot at their show. Just like they've been on for so freaking long. Mustard and Johnson, like mm-hmm. I, like I can remember, like just listening to all that, like driving down to my grandparents and my dad, and being like, "This is, this is great. Like this right. is just so entertaining." And yeah, so I mean, I, I would say I, I was somewhat familiar with the the scene. Mm-hmm. I was a little familiar with like FAN and stuff like that, but that that's about it. So when you, because I mean, I, the the reason I was asking is because like Ted Sarandis had a very distinct program. Sure. Like it was very much Ted Sarandis's show. Yes. And then Mike Adams had a very distinct Mike Adams show and the DA show was a very distinct nighttime show. Like it had to be different from sports radio, you know, day to day when the sun's out, that yep. type of show. So what was your mindset and plan when you started in what, the summer of 12 and how long would you say that lasted? Um I don't know if I really had a plan in terms of like that sort of thing. I mean, we still have some of the the features that like we came up with early on, like, you know, Game of Jones mm-hmm. was like sort of a real like ESPN kind of like segment or or feature idea. Like that's the sort of thing they do a lot. Like, hey, let's play buy or sell tonight. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's let's play some fill in the blank. Um I'm like, we still do that. Uh and maybe that's sort of like my ESPN view like background especially like from the two previous years or year and eight months or whatever it was um, down there in Bristol. What else do we do? Uh, I mean, Kiefer Madness was like a name my buddy mentioned to me at the bar. He's just like, it's, he's <laughs> like, you just, you gotta, you gotta do this thing. Kiefer Madness. Your buddy from Vermont? Uh, no, actually oh, buddy wow. from Northeastern. Okay. Uh, Acton. And he was like, he's like, you gotta do, he's like, you gotta do Kiefer Madness. It's, it's clever. And I'm like, it is clever. I'm like, what is it though? And so, like, that's you know, the question, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> so we like, I can remember Chris Curtis and myself are in meeting with Mike Thomas, and we're like pitching these like segment ideas, and there are like feature ideas, and there are some that he like shot down. He's like, well, that's like uh, what I don't really have a clear vision of that. What's this? What's that? Kiefer Madness had like no vision, but it was like clever, clever enough in name, I guess, where he's like, all right, actually, you know what? I take that back. I think I think Josh Deering kind of put together our own little. Kiefer Madness thing. So maybe Kiefer Madness was one of the ones shot down. That or maybe sounds we, right. I maybe, feel like there maybe was... we didn't even present it. We might have never actually presented that one to Mike. That, I take that back. That feels like an organic, like groundswell Josh on Twitter sort of yeah. building this well, it cult was a, following. It was a caller who like who called in and we had been doing the segment, but like this caller <laughs> sounded, you know, just whacked out of his mind as we tend to get on the on the night program sometimes. And it was just like his voice, and we kind of went off of that. So anyway, what 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 was your question? Oh, about my vision, my, yeah, vision, vision. No, my vision for the show. What was I, the Adam Jones show I going mean, to be? I I wish I could tell you I had like a good um, idea of what I wanted to do with it to make it unique, like Da, which I give him a lot of credit for. Like Da was definitely like his own, th- still is like his own thing. Right. Um, same thing with Sarandis. Same thing with um, with Mikey. I, I don't really know that I ever looked at it that way. Like I was just like. I want to come in and I want to do a sports show. 
you know, and still just because we're the night show and we definitely probably do more off the wall stuff than other shows at times. Like, you know, we went through a real alien phase there that I think we can get away (laughs) with on Friday nights. You know, sometimes we'll really beat a dumb story into the ground. Um, So I think we have a little more fear of heights last week. Yeah, exactly. You know, like maybe we can spend more time on a topic like that because there's less, I don't know, urgency pressure. Yeah, we're not we're not drive time. You know, and I'm not saying like we want to slack off and our ratings don't matter or, you know, our listeners don't matter. But There's more freedom. Yeah, there is more freedom. A little more gaps. So, fill. I mean, maybe maybe that's something that we've been able to do more over five years of the show. But I don't I don't I couldn't tell you that I had like a real vision for it other than being like, I want to come in and I want to talk about sports with the same edge that are talked about during the day. Just because it's nighttime doesn't mean we need to loosen the reins or anything. And so. I mean, outside of like a very loose interpretation of having like that sort of edge to it, I, I don't, I don't really remember much of a vision. And is there? Are you different during the day? Would you say when you fill in? Um, it depends. I would say if it's our show, then no. You know, when it was like Rich and I filling in, or me and yeah. Nick filling in, then no. I would say if I'm on another show, especially if I'm not in that lead chair, probably. You know, I think. Being in the second chair frees you up to kind of play off people a little more. You're not worried about driving the content, driving the segment. Oh, crap, we got to go to break or, you know, tease the next thing. Especially if you're in during like Felger and Maz or Zoe and Beetle. They have so many mm-hmm. sponsors and CBS Sports Minutes and all this other stuff that we don't really have at night. So I feel like you're kind of worried about that in the lead chair. When you're second chair, you can play off people and kind of goof around more, which I like. Right. Um, but yeah, I would say other other than stuff like that, I, I I try to I try to stay similar. I don't know how it comes across, but I try to stay similar. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Maybe a little more buttoned down. Maybe a little more on the nose. You think with so? Your sports, you know, there's there's less. A little little more on the yeah. Well, probably especially when I'm in for Toucher and Rich, I would say that's probably one where there's a lot of responsibility in the morning. Well, yeah, but but I would say there is a lot of res- responsibility in the morning, and I would say, uh, that I mean, anybody who fills in on that show, it's just such a difference from what they do. Yeah. Like, it's easier to me to fill in on Zoe and Beetle or Felger and Maz than it is Toucher and Rich because they're just, they're so different than what, yeah, than what we do. And like, I feel like if you try to kind of venture into what they do, you're like a bad copy of it. Right. And it just doesn't work. So, I, anytime I fill in on that show, they're like, too much sports. <laughs> do something else. Be funny. And uh, I'm like, yeah. Rochi and I filled in for Toucher and Rich once. Yeah. Not the same as Toucher and Rich, believe it or not. It was a little... <laughs> TV or no TV? Uh, TV. Yeah, TV is another... That's another aspect that you got to you gotta worry about, you know? Can't, uh, can't, you can't pick your nose. True. You can't be like... I've, I, don't I don't know, know about like, you, but I've always, like, even college radio, if I was in, like, the studio, mm-hmm. there was, like, nothing. No swearing, even off the air. Like, no nothing, because if you start to develop those habits... When your mics aren't on, you might do it when the mics are on. Yep. So maybe that's why I've never run into those problems. Yeah, see, that's a good. See, you have good habits then. Yeah, because I, I'm, I, you know, mics could well, be. I'm hot, not a radio know. host, so it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> but, I, but I'm saying the cur- the no cursing would be a good rule. I don't. I certainly don't yeah. follow that one. Off I was the terrified air, so yeah. of swearing on WQRI in Bristol, Rhode Island. You ever which, done it? Have you ever cursed on the air? Um, I've stumbled over my words yep. and swore yep. like incidentally and just kind of kept rolling to yep. not draw attention to it. Do you ever curse on this? This is a wholesome family podcast. Um, I'm I am told to bleep the swears. Got it. Because there's ads and whatnot, and corporations don't want ads and swears. They don't want potty mouth hurly. Which I don't get. Like, not safe for work. It's like it's safe for work as long as you don't blast it. Right. It's a swear. Yeah. We're all grownups at work usually. Most, most of unless us. Unless you're a teacher. Yeah. Not safe for teachers. <laughs> um, but I've I've talked to Fred and Rich and and Hardy and and Mari. Mari actually very opened up when he works in the morning. His poop schedule is all off. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was an overshare, but he he volunteered it. No, but that's um, good to know. About what life is like waking up really early in the morning. I actually had Randy Scott in from ESPN uh, for the podcast oh, they be TV's got to be ridiculous. He dude. wakes up at one forty-five every not, morning. That doesn't surprise me at all. One forty-five. Where, where does he live? He lives in Massachusetts because his wife is a news anchor okay. in, at uh, another station. So he goes all the way to Bristol, which is what I did too. Yeah. So I, I commute. Two hours. Oh, easy. With no traffic. Now he, well, so he probably makes out a little bit there. He leaves honestly. at 2 a.m. Yeah, so I I did that. I commuted from Somerville to Bristol, and I my I beat the hell out of like my car got destroyed doing yeah. that. Um, and yeah, I didn't even work as much as he. I work like three days a week down yeah. there, you know. Um, but yeah, what, dude. I, so he he must. I, I'm not surprised at all. He wakes just, up at two, and he has three kids under yeah. four, so it's a little bananas. But what is life like as a night creature? Because I've worked that shift before for you know like a half a year. Yeah. 
I found it to be unhealthy, but you seem to be mostly healthy. So like, so I can tell you mostly healthy. Well, it's tough. So before I even answer that, I would say that like from a, from a show standpoint, like from a professional standpoint, I think it's great. I have all day. Like I kind of, I kind of wake up in the morning and I try to keep my, my life. Like I joke about this a lot on the air. Like I'm like, I sleep until like noon. Like I try to keep my day like pretty normal. I'm up around like eight 30 or nine. Like I try to get like, get that morning news cycle, get our email going, stay on top of everything. Then like now, like now, not the first like year or so of the gig, because I figured this out, but like now go for a run, go play some basketball, um, run whatever errands I got to run. Like I kind of reserve the middle of my day to do that. And then before I come in for another hour or two, I'm kind of prepping and, and putting any final touches on. And then I come in here. So from like a professional standpoint, it's awesome. From a personal standpoint, it sucks. Because yeah. I don't see my wife all week. Um, I don't see friends all... You know what I mean? Like, right. I can't be like, hey, it's Wednesday night. Let's go to dinner. Let's go grab a drink at the Meet bar. Me at 1230. Like, right. Like, you can't You can't do that. So, professionally, it's awesome, I think. Like, I, I love having the whole morning right. to, like, take my time, get ready for the show, like, ease into it. Um, again, personally, it can be tough, but... Your wife works normal hours, I take it? Yeah, well, she... So, she's changed jobs in part because of, of my job. She used to work for a school... And it was like two ships passing in the night. Like she would get home and it's like, maybe I'd see her for like a half hour. I'm running out the door, you know, and a couple of days a week she worked after schools. I didn't even see her uh, or after school with, with a couple of kids. So she works, um, she works for a different company now and she works individually with kids in home. So it's like, maybe she has a couple of appointments during the day, but she can wake up later. She can come home for lunch. So like that, that's better for sure. But I would say she works more standard hours than I do for sure. But you said it can be unhealthy. Like, I would say the first year on this gig, I didn't know when to eat. Like, which, <laughs> right. sound, which sounds stupid. Well, everything's pushed back. Yeah, so I, like, didn't know when to eat. So, like, I would be like, okay, the show's at 6 or 7. It fluctuates, right? But I'd be like, all right, I'm going to eat before the show. This is going to be my thing. I'm going to eat before the show. But then you get home five hours later and you're starving. Like, right. it's midnight. But you're like starving. So now you're eating at midnight. That's horrible for for your life schedule. Like that's horrible health wise. So I realized pretty quickly that that's terrible. Um, And so I've kind of just gotten into the habit of like jamming food in and breaks for like either the seven or eight o'clock hour or whatever. It takes me like a whole hour to eat. I'm like the slowest eater ever. Like foraging type things like Uh nuts and berries and you know, whatever you can. (laughs) No, so I'll bring in like whatever. Oh yeah, it's it's publicized. Josh tweets it out. Yes. Yes. Well, for a while the Adam Jones meal plan was out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like whatever. It's like my my wife usually, yeah, exactly. My wife usually makes, makes a meal the night before. She has a lovely meal for herself. I'll bring in the leftovers the next day. Yeah. And, like, over the course of, like, an hour, I'll, like, jam food down in, like, our three five-minute breaks, which sucks. It's not a very enjoyable way to eat, but it's better than eating at, yeah. eating at five and then shoving down a bunch of gross food at midnight yeah. and feeling like ass and then, you know, being, you know, putting on weight and being relatively unhealthy. Right. I guess you were young enough that you were able to sort of overcome a bad year. Probably. It probably helped. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but I, it never felt right. So, yeah. that, so that, that's worked out a little bit and like i said i've just kind of figured out that because for a while when i had this gig i was like very nervous to like miss anything during the day like i'm like oh man i, I can't miss the news cycle but like you can catch up there's so much time to catch up you gotta read the day. every tweet though you do have to read every tweet <laughs> so i i seriously like block i like make sure i block out like two hours at least in the middle of my day where i'm just away from a screen away from tv you know forget about the news cycle and then you can catch up there's that plenty sounds of time to healthier up. than my life yeah, I need to get into that. I'm telling you, professionally, it's not bad. Yeah, you just, you just have to get used to seeing yeah. no one, and I, you know, I don't really like that many people, so it's not it's not that hard. You can figure it out. Yeah, you can find a day here sure. or there. Yeah, because I I work nights at Nesson, and there were times where like the Red Sox would be on a road trip, and I'd work until like three a.m. Ah, uh. and it's like you go home. My wife's a teacher, so it's like I go home at three, and like you can't go to sleep after no. you drive home, and so no, you're no, up no. for like a couple hours, and then it's like, oh hey, good morning, I'm gonna go to bed now, and I'll <laughs> do this again tomorrow. Right. It's it's not really natural, but I guess you seem to have a good grasp on it. Well, so mo- so mornings I did. I worked mornings for a while at eight ninety. Like I said, I did the updates during Mike and Mike Zany program. <laughs> um, at least it was worth it. You know, you, you wanted to get that extra ten minutes. But you're like, no, wait, they're gonna call Golik fat today. Like I, got, <laughs> I better get I in can't there. Can't miss that. Gag. I can't. I can't get miss that. Zooks. So I um, mornings were tough because I also I worked a lot of nights while I was doing. I was part time. You know, so I so I did a lot of nights as well, like at Fenway. 
And then, you know, game wraps up around, whatever, 10. Mm-hmm. Post game wraps up at like, I don't know, 11 maybe. I live fairly close to Fenway. So I'd walk like, you know, 20 minutes home. Then, like you said, you can't go right to bed. So I'm like, I don't know, I'd be going to bed at like 12, 1230, 1. I'm up at 4. You know, so like I was exhausted all the time. But I feel like more mornings, if you're only quote unquote working mornings, like it's more natural. It's a little more natural. It sucks, but it's like you can just inject yourself with coffee and sort of yeah. trudge through, and then it's light out. Yeah, it, being light out helps. I think the I think daylight I've been told helps. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving along to last year, I know you have a radio program to do, so we'll yeah. start to we'll start to turn the corner here. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. The, you can be late. It's fine. Felger's just going to make fun of you for the they, first five minutes. They, anyway. they usually go a good five minutes into our show. Yeah. So they, they, there's we actually have a secret window of like five extra minutes than you might think. It's nice, too, when they do that and you have like a an 18-minute show to begin with. Yeah. That they just sort of just, you know, bump right in. Yeah. You, know, you don't mind. Uh, no, I mean, at the end of the day, at all. Know, what do you want to do? Be a radio host? Yeah, it all works. Get over it. it all works um, but obviously losing Rich Keefe had to be a sting because Rich was a big part of the program. Um did it seem like that was going to happen at some point, just given that Rich was Rich? So, I I mean, I guess I this is going to sound dumb. I didn't really think about it a lot. Like, I was never like, I mean, I always thought Rich was, um, I don't know if I want to say like underutilized, but like, I always thought Rich was super talented and funny and good at his job. And, you know, it's fun. Like, people ask me all the time. They're like, oh, so are you guys like great friends? Like, I like Rich a lot. I wouldn't say, I there, there's probably very few times we've like hung out personally. Not that like I I wouldn't want to do it or it just we're not like hanging out all the time when we did the show, but we had a good good chemistry. Well, and you probably accumulated more hours together well, than any of your friends. That's that's the thing too. It's like you are around when you're working five hours, even if we're only actually on the air for like two of those. That we're here during all those games, right? right? So snap yeah, so, calling. so we're right snap calling away, <laughs> uh, making the big bucks. So yeah, I mean I I was around Rich a lot, and like I said, I liked him a lot, and. I just I, I never really thought about uh, him leaving the show necessarily, but it makes makes perfect sense. Right. Um, and when it happened, like Rich, I mean, I wouldn't say he knew for like a long period of time before it happened, and I don't want to like blow up his spot or anything, but I, I wouldn't say for like a long period of time he kind of knew about it in advance. But the little bit that he did, he was pretty good to to me, being like, "Hey, like, I'm doing this." I may have a different gig. Right. Like it wasn't like a it wasn't like a blind side to me. And I, I give him a lot of credit for that because I think I think he could have just kind of I think people if, would. I was just gonna say, I think if I were him, honestly, I think I would have kept it real under the vest and like when it happened, it happened and the T's were crossed and the I's were dotted, I would have brought him into the loop. I give him a lot of credit because he was pretty upfront with me and being like, hey, like I think I'm going to do this, and it's a no-brainer. I mean, the gig is awesome. Yeah. It's better lifestyle-wise, and I think he, I think he made a great choice. Yeah, because most people, I mean, you would wait just because if it didn't work out. Then... Uh, I'm telling you, I, I 100% would have done that. Yeah. I 100% would have done that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and then uh, Nick Cattles comes on, yep. and I feel like a lot of relationships start great, and then go bad, and there's a divorce. <laughs> I feel like you guys just started at the divorce like well, from day one, and it seems to have... Softened a little bit. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just. No. No. So what? I, what I would say is that I mean, Nick and I come at, and I, I've come to realize this. We definitely just approach, like, what interests us for a story, are just completely polar opposites. Like mm-hmm. Martellus Bennett last night. Right. This is a good example of this. Um, the Martellus Bennett story to me, like, that is a good, juicy story. There's a Patriots aspect to it that I I didn't beat up the Patriots much over that. But, like, the Bennett thing, like, this is a guy who's burned bridges everywhere, and it seems like he orchestrated his way out of Green Bay, so how do you feel about, like, I feel like there's a lot of layers to that. Top story on our website today is a Martellus Bennett story, was it? so there you go. And that that's, like, clicks and people were, like, interested in Every it? Every day, for the past two weeks. Great. There's, there's something more to it. Interesting. So, I didn't even know that, but, so, like, to me, that's, like, that was a real good, interesting story with a lot of layers to it, and stories like, like, the, the storyline stuff... Like, the big drama, soap opera, storyline stuff interests him less than I would say it does me. And he kind of likes the game analysis. Um, gunner talk. Well, yeah, like, I, I poo-poo it and call it gunner talk, but I give him a lot of no, credit. No, like, no. I mean, I mean, Nick, when we do our show, like, Nick has, like, 
so much prep, so much stuff that he contributes and and adds to the show. And like he's like he's like ready to go every day. And it's just I think what interests him and what I want to focus on, sometimes those clash. And I think when me and him clash on air, that's what the real clash is about. It's not it was it, great. It was really great. Some of those some of those well, fights were so like 19, 19 and 0 is a good example. Like 19 and 0, I'm like, yeah, it might be kind of a lazy topic, but it's interesting and what what else are we talking about with this Patriots team? It was like August 12th. Yeah, like what else are we doing? So, yeah, it might be a little bit lazy, but people are interested in it and I think when the players themselves like Julian Edelman, I think was the first this is when I started talking about it. Julian Edelman's like that's stupid to talk about. I'm like, well, Julian, I I don't actually think it's stupid to talk about. You may not want to. It'd be stupid if you talked about it to Bill. <laughs> Bill, bite your head off. But we don't, we're not held to that standard. We're just sitting here talking about the Patriots. So, again, the big storyline soap opera thing, I think he he kind of doesn't like that approach to media in 2017, which I respect. I just, I don't know, I, I just go about it differently. So I think that's kind of the subtext to some some of the clashes Yeah, are the the approach. Like, Jones, why is this the story that you're choosing to spend time on when... There's all these other things interesting to talk about. And in Nick's defense, he's come from a show where, for what, for four or five years in Virginia Beach, he got to do whatever he wanted every day. He could roll in and talk about whatever he wanted every single day. That's an adjustment for anyone. Yeah. And then he comes in and I'm doing the dumb 19 and 0 talk. So, you know, I mean, I think I think that's where a lot of the the clashes come from. But I, I would tell you, like, I think I think off air, and I'm not saying it's never been contentious off air, I think off air we get along fairly well. I think sometimes the the clash comes back to, again, why are you talking about this? Why can't we devote more time to other stuff? Which I think listeners probably identify with him on quite a bit. Yeah. Just yeah. some of those clashes early on were spectacular. <laughs> they were they, they were didn't dynamite. Take long. It didn't take long to have it, a few clashes on that show. I just feel like they've 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 lessened. So, you know, it's that's a po- probably a positive thing. Yeah, no. give it time. Okay. I, I don't I, I don't know. That, yeah. <laughs> it's a busy season. There's there's four there's three teams there's Dormant. three sports going on. Dormant's here. a good word for it. That's a that's a good word for it because Get the lava tar, lava tarp on top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The volcano it's still brewing. It's still churning. But yeah, right now it's it's dormant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I, I feel like you you do a lot of things. You have a lot of guests. Um, I, I still always remember your Amandola interview yep. as 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 just a classic radio moment. Is there is there anything like that that stands out over your past? What? How many years? Like five at the at the I station. It'll I, be f- hosting the night show. Yeah, it'll be five. Uh, like January second, it'll be okay. five years. So yeah, I think the that's probably the one. Like not to say that. Like I try to explain this to people all the time. Like Felger's thing obviously was was next level, right? I've never had anything that controversial or that high profile. But the Amendola thing is probably the closest to it. Where um, someone talked to you and like said, "Hey, we got no, you this guest." No, 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 no. not not no. Uh, well, in terms of the high profile guest, no, that was the that was the Patriots reaching out, I think, and being like, "Hey, he's got a charity event. Do you want him?" That's the last time we've heard from the Patriots on any charity <laughs> events. Uh, <laughs> so. But no, in terms of like it blowing up and being a thing on Deadspin, that's probably the that's probably the biggest uh, controversy, if Boston you will. That sports I, radio boo, yeah, is an idiot. Yeah, like they, I forget what they called us, and they they shouldn't have brought Keith into. Keith didn't even do it. It was just me with a pre recorded interview. They sucked Keith into it for some reason. I forget what they called us. I'm like looking Sk- it up. Skippy and Goatface. Because I think we that's did a mean. I think we did a bit out of it. I think we were Skippy and Goatface, and we couldn't decide who was who. Is that a Vermont reference? I don't know. I don't. I don't think they did that much uh, research on it. But the Amendola thing was hit Deadspin. I've been on Barstool a couple of times. You know, pre, when, normally when I'm filling in on a different shift, mm-hmm. um, you know, Prez has picked up on it a couple of times. So many times on Barstool, it's somewhat controversial. But no, I mean we've kind of flown under the radar. We got some. We got a lot of good press from our John and Susan stuff. I'd say that's probably right, yeah. that's probably the most positive blow up stuff that we've had barstool new york picked up on that i thought eh, i don't want to say it got picked up by i don't, I don't remember where else that went but that that was a that, big one that's that was positive press the amandola and i remember specifically el prez hating my stance and it was so dumb in retrospect typical jones i was still questioning going into the ravens playoff game in 14 questioning whether or not they miss logan mankins okay still questioning that i'm like well they're going against a real pass rush Here's where we're going to find out if they miss Logan Mankins. And he hated that commentary on like a Monday or a Tuesday of the divisional round. And it was a big post on Barstool that all my friends were like, you're on there. Whenever he, you, he hates you. Whenever you see your name on Barstool, you just have to like take a deep breath and hope 
that, that it's not going to be this uh, catastrophic I think event. There are, I think there are two people that, like, when you get the little, like, mention on your phone and you're like, crap. <laughs> Prez is one. Uh, anytime he's, like, retweeted or liked anything I've said, I'm like, well, this is no good. <laughs> <laughs> and that that has not, I don't mean to make it sound like that's happened a lot. It's probably happened like three times. Well, you just kind of just get a lump in your throat, and you're like, oh, "This could go one of two yeah, ways." Yeah. Well, no, I know, what, but way. I know, what, I know what way it's going. The other is is Minahan, and he's like he's like retweeted or tweeted at me a couple of times, and that that's always one where I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> "No, never, yeah. no good's coming from this." That's when you just lock the phone, maybe put it away for a little bit. Yeah. That's your two hours of no screen time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Skippy and Goatface, by the way. Is that what it was? In the uh, yeah. Danny Amendola draws ire of insufferable Boston media. Yeah, but see, they blamed two people. It was just... Because uh, you, you based the whole segment around it. And no, that's he, what it was. Then he bashed Kaufman, who wrote a blog about it. There you go. Um, well, Kaufman probably deserved it. Yeah, I mean, I think we can agree there. <laughs> and then it ends... Uh, you know, that's... Yeah, I remember we made a bit out of Skippy and Goatface. I remember we made like our own <laughs> open for like the hour of... All night for like Skippy and Go Face that night. Did you make it in the big Deadspin uh, Sports Radio manifesto? No. Oh, that's garbage. Well, you should write them a letter. Uh, I can't. I think they might have mentioned my name, but they're like, you didn't get your own entry. Nothing. That's garbage. No, I, honestly, I felt I, I. Oh no, no, no. What did they say? They're like, he's not the baseball player. I think they made not like a cornerback. Yeah, but they didn't even do that though. They just made they're like he's not the baseball player. Well, there was the whole like uh, uh, Fenway Park thing going on with but Adam that, Jones. But so. they didn't even bring that up. It was just like he's not the baseball player, but he's not worth listening to, or like something like that. And I, I tweeted at them. I'm like, that's honestly the best compliment the show's ever gotten. I'm like, shout ahead. Yeah, I'm like, that's. I, I felt like I was gonna get raked over the court. I saw that thing came out. Talk about lump in your throat. And I was like, I feel like I made out great here. I'd be very disappointed though. That would want like a big feature. Yeah, maybe Adam Jones. The guy has a five-hour show on weeknights for 98.5. I know nothing about him other than that he's not the Bengals cornerback or the Orioles outfit. Oh, so he did say Bengals cornerback. Yeah. See, I, so I had forgotten that. Well, there you go. That's that's too bad. The next time they do that, you better demand I, more. I would be... Read Bertrand's. Bertrand's was embarrassing. And this is why I still think the person who wrote this... I don't even know who the author is. The person the person who wrote this, I don't think... Yeah. Listens. There's not much to say about Bertrand other than that he replaced Gresh as Zolak's <laughs> partner in 2015. Why even put him in? Yo, but didn't they have a big write-up on Gresh too? Yeah, I like, think it was a little dated. And like, well, yeah, it was dated, and it was like it was all stuff that like you would read off a Wikipedia page. Right. Like it's like it, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You can tell they didn't really listen. Right. So that's that's I guess the saving grace with that. But Bertrand's was embarrassing. He'd been on the air for like years, middays. Yes. And the best thing you could say is that he replaced Gresh. That's or the only thing like that's. Dumb. It's too bad. Yeah. There were some good ones. There were some bad ones. But yours is just—it's neutral. No one likes neutral. Very schmeh. I like very, the on the edges. Very forgettable. All right. Final question: As you go and do your radio program, um, what is like the future here for Adam Jones? Are you going to be like a sixty-year-old uh, grumpy telling people to go to BC basketball games, <laughs> <laughs> or do you see something else in your future? Um. No. I mean, I—I've always liked sports talk as a medium. You know, and. I think it's the best medium in terms of being able to kind of react to things as they happen, speak on it without a lot of restriction. You know, like TV, you would know. TV's a joke. TV, you get what, like five five minutes at a time? Not anymore. Well, that's true. I guess I guess that Not is changing. Anymore. It's very different. I guess that's true. So maybe maybe I take that back. But I used to go to, to Comcast and Felger would yell at me for like 30 seconds and then I'd go home. And I'd be like... <laughs> I just sit there kind of like, what happened? Yeah. And now you go and it's like a conversation and you can like get anything. So it is, it is different. So but, I did. So that, so like your, that, your point of previous TV. Yes. So forget the TV part of it. Like that, that, like the sports talk aspect, I just, I, I love. I love being able to get into a lot of different sides of a topic and get feedback on it from callers and kind of work that in over the course of a show. And, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not a talented enough writer. I've tried to write in the past. Certainly not talented enough to do that. Uh, don't have the face for television. Can't do that. So mm. I think I think with radio, I, again, it's always something that I've gravitated to. And I'm not telling you I want to be, you know, screaming at the clouds uh, six to eleven every single night for the rest of my life. But but yeah, no. I mean, I don't I don't have any itch to to get out of the industry or stop doing it. I mean, I I I like what we do. Uh, night in and night out. I mean, some nights more than others, but I like what we do night in and night out. And I, I don't, I don't know that I have uh, like a like a thirty year plan of where I'm going to wind up. I know this business burns a lot of people out. 
I know it chews up and spits a lot of people out. Obviously, with the merger and everything else, like Lord knows where that's going. Yeah, maybe don't make a thirty-year plan considering (laughs) Boulder could move tomorrow. So I, I I mean, I want to do this as long as I can do this, right? And so, uh, hopefully, people want to keep employing me. I know there's plenty of people out there who don't want that to happen. Um, But yeah, I want to do this for as long as I can do this because I I enjoy coming in and and kind of doing what we do every single night. Well, it's nice. That's a nice positive way to end the Isn't show. It? Yeah, I think it, it? I think you know we've got some converts from this. You think so? I think people will say, you know what, not not that bad of a guy nah. until you say something <laughs> in about a half an hour, and then until they tune in at six and they're like, oh, I hate that guy. Why the Patriots are seven and two, but really it's more like three and yeah. three and six. Yeah. You know, I call three it, and six. I call it two and five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you do the math, it's simple. All right, thank you so much for your time. Early, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Adam Jones, what a guy. Adam Jones, 98.5 Sports Hub. Adam Jones Show. That was fun. That was a good talk. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully, you know, ideally you were someone who really uh, would get upset with Adam Jones and maybe got to know him a little bit. You can still get upset. I think that's what, it, it keeps the blood pumping in all of us, but you know, I think it was interesting. That's what I shoot for. Anyways, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. As always, no, that was a very insincere I appreciate it. Jeez, pay attention, Mike. I do appreciate it. Thanks for listening right now. That's cool. You know, let me know how it goes. Give me some feedback. Twitter, you know where to find me. Email, let's throw out the email, mfhurley at cbs.com. Go old school. Maybe write me a letter. You know where to find me. It's in the, it's in the phone book. I'll stop talking now. Thank you. Uh, you know, check it out. Uh, you know, give a, a little review if you want. And don't if you don't want, because it's a free country and I can't force you to do anything. And you already spent an hour listening to my podcast. And that's very nice of you. Bye. Bye.